Welcome to this special episode of the Rising is One podcast. This is a co-produced episode with the Backchat Show. And tonight I have a pretty special guest. It's the founder of the Backchat Show, current beat writer for The Last Word on Soccer, which covers the Colorado Springs switchbacks. Also a man with a beautiful British accent, Mark Turner. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Dom. I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Anytime, anytime. Um, the way this one's going to work, we don't want our listeners to be listening to an hour worth of stuff, so we'll try to keep it down. We'll try to ask a few questions about each team, maybe one or two weaknesses that the other side can exploit, and then give a match prediction. I like it. Sounds good. Let's go. All right, so I'll ask the questions first because I'm going to be honest here. Colorado Springs and OKC in the first three weeks are two teams that have raised my eyebrows more than anyone else in this league. Maybe maybe New Mexico United, too, if we're talking Western Conference. But you guys have played three very difficult teams, and you've come away with six points. What are your thoughts on this start so far? Uh, that we should have come away with nine. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like our supporters, Bruce. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not usually that fan. I'm not somebody who expects more than the team delivers particularly when you're dealing with the team in the second smallest market in the Western Conference. Uh, we recognize now, especially by year five, that we're having to cut our cloth accordingly. So yes, to get six points from those three games, uh, it's a great start. Um, we really should have picked up nine, though. We were very surprised and disappointed by the way that SAC rep came at us, or didn't come at us, in Colorado Springs. And uh, that game was there for the taking. So to at least not pick up a point from that game was, was disappointing. But yeah, we have started encouragingly. I think people are maybe maybe they've donned the rose-tinted glasses just a little too heavily in regards to us off the back of our opening day in LA where we did register an incredible 4-1 road victory uh, and it was an earned victory it wasn't one of those where oh well they scored four goals so one of them must have been an offside they got away with and maybe there's a PK in there no anyone who saw the game or saw the highlights from the game will know that Shane Malcolm was on fire registering the first hat ever trick. hat trick yeah for the Colorado Springs switchbacks. And the team played really well. They jowled really well. For game one, they looked like a, a team midway into the season. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, we had those two uh, encouraging performances. Again, having lost a sack rep was disappointing, given how we played. But two encouraging performances with the uh, the victory over San Antonio coming this past weekend. So, got to be happy with that. For sure. I mean, I'm looking up at you guys with six points on the table we are down at two, and I'm like, man, that looks pretty nice. I don't care what you have to say about the performances. Getting six points out of that is pretty impressive. Um, so just a couple questions to build off of that. Two things that have stood out to me are um, the performance of Mike Seth, who has gotten a couple assists. He looks like he's connecting with Shane Malcolm. And also the defense, because last year, you guys were one of the more poorest teams in the Western Conference. And it looks like things have really turned around. Some people might not know that Andre Rawls came over um, to Rapids and they've brought you, uh, let him play for Colorado Springs this season. But, you know, besides that, not a lot of household names in that back four. So how have you guys done it? Uh, well, starting with Mike Seth, uh, you guys were very mean to him. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> so with San Antonio, Mike Seth is a heck of a player. And it's interesting when he, so people may not know this, he scored the first ever goal that the switchback scored. Uh, um, so he has that honor, that distinction as well. And 
when we first got eyes on Mike Seth in 2015, I have to say I was a naysayer. I thought he was a one-trick pony. I thought he was a blunt object. Uh, I thought he did a great job of tenderizing opposing team defenders and midfielders, but didn't see much else in his arsenal. But he really matured and developed over that first season. And then when Coach Trichy transi- transitioned him to a centre-forward role in 2016, he exploded. Uh, he was our top goal scorer that season. But more than that, he was a real binding agent. He was uh, a focal point for the team. He was somewhere you could go with the ball and you knew it was going to stick. And then other players could buzz around him. At the time, Marty Mabin and Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, and you're right, he's had that similar connection very, very quickly, not only with Shane Malcolm, but also with Saeed Robinson and with Alex Milano, who plays uh, attacking centre mid and also has been fantastic so far this season. He was the player we missed last season when Luke Vercoloni wasn't getting maybe the minutes he should have been getting and ultimately retired. But I think Milano uh, connecting with Seth, Saeed and Shane uh, coming down the channels either side of him. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really important player for us this season. And we're delighted to have him back uh, in Colorado Springs. As far as the defence is concerned, it's interesting you should mention Rolls. Uh, I think he's a good player also. He actually... Uh, he's one of three keepers that we've used in our first three games. So our, uh, in inverted commas, starting keeper, uh, Stuart Sayus, played in L.A. and then was expected to play in um, subsequent games. But due to an injury that he's been nursing, he hasn't been able to uh, take part in, in the other two games so far. And we're hoping to see him back soon. I don't know that, as much as I think Rawls is a good player, I don't think that he's necessarily... Uh, better than Sayus. What we have seen happen at the back, though, is we've seen the switchbacks return to kind of the model of old, where you have two brutal centre-backs, kind of in the mould of a, of a Josh Phillips or in a Cristini Biaga. Um, and Jamal, uh, Jamal Jack and um, uh, Chris Reeves from Dallas, excuse me, have, have really formed a great partnership in there, bolstered as well by a couple of the lone guys we've picked up from the Rapids. And then on either side of them, we have Captain Jordan Burt, who is Mr. Reliable, and uh, Ish Jome, who has really surprised people with not only his defensive qualities, but also his ability to get up the pitch in a similar fashion to, to Burt. And again, anyone who saw the Galaxy goal uh, game will know that he contributed the assist for the final Shane Malcolm goal. So, yeah, it's coming together nicely we have good personnel in there we have quality we have depth uh but i think the most encouraging thing is how quickly it's it's starting to gel yeah i would say so and um you know that's kind of interesting that you're not as high on andre rawls as i am because he put you know he played very well for orange county last year he was their starting keeper for most of the season and um you know i think that he's the kind of guy that can take over a game and, you know, a team that deserves to put two or three on the board can be limited to one or even shut out by him if he's really on form. I'm curious yeah, to see how that's going to work out. Yeah, I say, Dom, don't get me wrong. Excellent goalkeeper. He had a great game against San Antonio. He was every bit as important to the team as Cesar Romero was uh, scoring the game-winning goal. Had rules, not pulled out a couple of great saves earlier in the game. He wouldn't have been in the position to snatch those three points. Um, I'm just... Maybe this is a personal bias. I'm just a guy who tends to pull for the contracted guys. So I'm a guy who's always going to pull for a guy who is who gets his paychecks from the switchbacks first. I'm delighted that we have the affiliation with the Rapids. We needed it. We needed that depth. We needed that quality. We needed that variety. We needed the ability to pull in 
um, you know, certain players who we just could not get our hands on last season. And so having that feed into the team is brilliant. And so I'm glad we have Rawls and others like him for that for that purpose. But I, I'm just a guy who's always going to be, be pulling for Stuart Sayus to uh, be between the pipes if he's fit and available. Fair take. Very fair take. Um, it, there's a similar dynamic with some of the guys we get on loan from LAFC versus mm. guys like Joey Farrell um, and Duigi Mala, who have been on contract for us for a couple of years now. So, mm-hmm. um, last question before we shift things to you figuring things out about Phoenix Rising. Um, <laughs> the man of the moment is Cesar Romero. Um, for those of you that didn't see his goal against San Antonio last week, I know that it got overshadowed by that bicycle kick in Portland, but this is absolutely a banger. He put this in from like 30 yards. This is his first appearance for Colorado Springs coming straight from Honduras. And he really could be that striker that you guys have lacked the last couple of years. Do you think he's going to fill that role? And how much of a game changer can he be? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier the importance of Mike Seth having that true number nine, although I think he actually wears the number 10 jersey just to confuse things. But having that true kind of a, almost an English type number nine center forward, I think is really important. But Romero brings something else to the team. Um, the kids, I think 19 or 20 years old, um, very, very quick. Didn't get, to see, didn't get to see too much of that in his, whatever it was, 10, 11 minutes this last weekend. But um, yeah, the kid's, got, the kid's got legs and lungs. I mean, he is, he's going to really stretch some defenses for us and give us an alternative option to Mike Seth. So I'm hoping that they, the, the team don't lean on too heavily to begin with and let him get his feet under him. But uh, I was certainly very impressed with the little I saw. Um, he's already adopted the name as well. A courtesy of my back chat uh, teammate, Jason Smith, of the Joker, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Anyone who's a classic Batman TV fan will know the Cesar Romero reference. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to see seeing what he brings to the team. It was interesting. A couple of days before he was announced, I was actually in the front office and I was visiting with uh, a couple of the folks there, a couple of the leadership team. And I was asking about forwards because it's one area where we didn't have any cover. I felt like if Mike Seth went down, what do we have? And we hadn't seen anything come up from the Rapids that suggested we'd have that cover um, coming in from uh, Commerce City. And um, I kind of got a nod and a wink and, you know, touching the side of the nose and just wait and see, just wait and see. We have an announcement coming out and um, everyone seemed really, really excited in the office about this, uh, this young man. So I'm excited to see more of him. I think everyone that uh, follows the USL should be excited to see more of him. Um, This is a guy that is on the Honduras U20 team. He's Mm going to be playing in the U20 world cup for them. Um, And another one of those guys with a huge, huge potential. Hey, I want to say right, we'll transition. You, what, I want to say before we transition, Phoenix, if you don't mind, we covered the attack, we covered the defense. I think our midfield triumvirate is going to be a game changer this year, and I think again it's an area we've really struggled in for the last couple of seasons. Folks who followed the switchbacks in fifteen sixteen will remember we had Luke Burakaloni, Ronnie Argetta, and Shin Harada in central midfield, and they did a, a magnificent job. And we struggled really since that triumvirate's been broken up. Now we have something similar again in Ronnie Argetta and Jordan Schweitzer playing more of a defensive role with the aforementioned Alex Milano tucked in ahead of them. Those three look fantastic together. And certainly the the, uh, the return of Ronnie Argetta, similarly to that of Mike Seth, 
uh, I think he's going to make a massive difference to the switchbacks this year. So look out for those guys too. Very good stuff. I feel like I'm almost part of the coaching staff. <laughs> uh, I, I know my guys. I love my guys. And I'm a central midfielder myself. So I have a bit of a soft spot for Ronnie and Jordan. Uh, two great human beings as well. Awesome footballers. But I tell you, two of the nicest men you'd ever want to meet. So uh, I'm certainly pulling for them this season. For sure. All right, let's turn the tables now. Mm. You're coming into this match. You guys have lost four straight against Phoenix Rising the last two years. What do you want mm -hmm. to know about this team? Well, the first thing I'll say is we've only lost narrowly. I mean, I think the games have been pretty well contested. Um, had you not stolen some of our best players, J.J. Greer and Kevon Freiter, maybe those games would have been closer. Um, <laughs> but that aside for a moment, um, I'm curious to know... It seems like you're not struggling to score goals. Obviously, you've got two ties on the board already so far this season, but they're high-scoring ties. But I'm curious of where the goals are coming from. Uh, obviously, you don't have Freighter anymore. Drogba's announced his retirement. So are you generating the offense from attack primarily? Is it coming through from the wings, from defense, all over the board? What are you seeing as being your greatest, greatest areas of threat when it comes to putting numbers on the board? So I think, I think we've been pretty opportunistic in attack this season. Usually that means that we're coming up the wings. If you saw a lot of Phoenix Rising last year, you know mm -hmm. that we love to build up the wings, especially with the speed and the uh, excitement of Solomon Asante on mm -hmm. that right wing. Mm -hmm. He is going to give whoever your left back is a real test because he can cut inside, he can cut outside, he, can, he has moves for days, and he's also very good at distributing the ball and putting in crosses. That um, diversity in skill was exemplified just from those first two matches when he put in a great cross for Junior Flemings to get on the end of in our first match. And then last week, he wins a penalty and he scores both penalties against uh, New Mexico in that 3-3 draw. So he can put the ball in the net, he can facilitate. He's, he's kind of our glue guy. And, um, you know, besides him, Jason Johnson has been a crucial super sub for us, which is interesting because last season... There were a lot of opportunities he had where he wasn't quite putting them away. Maybe the keepers were making a great save. Maybe he was just putting the ball over the, over the bar or just wide. This season, he has only played 40 minutes, and he scored two critical tying goals for us, both on headers. So it's interesting that you mention Colorado Springs has big center backs now because Jason Johnson is going to be a force in the box. Look for him to you know, wreak havoc on corner kicks on set pieces especially with junior flemings and kavon lambert being out of the lineup most likely since they just played for jamaica i would expect johnson to get the start on that left wing and he's going to be a problem to deal with the last guy i would mention on the attack is adam john who has mls experience with columbus and san jose earthquakes um, he comes to us as a veteran he's still not too old though he's like 28 years old and we're looking at him as a new and improved chris cortez i think he's better in setting up attacks for teammates and he offers that same clinical scoring that Cortez gave us last year so I think those are our three best options as far as scoring there are other people that can come off as super subs maybe a Joey Calistri um, you know maybe if Joe Farrell gets a start he can put in a header on a set piece but those are our three guys I would I would fancy to be our biggest threats yeah, it's interesting you should mention Johnson. I really like Johnson. I saw 
quite a bit of him last year, or I saw quite a bit of, the, of, of Phoenix Rising, and whenever I saw him, I was always very impressed. And I agree with you. I felt like he was unfortunate last year, both in terms of the opportunities he got, but also then um, what he was able to do with the time on the field. He just... He seemed to be jinxed, but there was no doubt that the kid has it all. He's big, he's strong, he's technically very good. Um, I think he can shift at either foot. Maybe he's a little bit more one way than the other, but certainly he has that ability to come um, to come inside. And yeah, I was very impressed by him. But I was I was curious to see who your talisman was going to be with the retirement of Drogba. I was wondering who was going to step up and be kind of your talismanic player. And it sounds like you're pinning your hopes on Asante, and that's going to be a really interesting matchup because. Of course, he's going to be going head-to-head with Jordan Burt, the switchback's captain, who's no mug. I mean, Jordan isn't maybe lightning quick, but he's quick enough. He knows how to, you know, throw a body across the path. Um, he is also fearless. I mean, he and, and Josh Phillips are cut from the same cloth in that they would throw themselves in front of a truck if that was what it was going to take to stop a goal going in. So I think that's going to that's be a really, a really good concept. way. That's a really good way to pick up a yellow card in this match. Possibly a penalty, <laughs> Because I know everyone talks about the dive, which, yeah, it was a bit of a roll that first yeah. week. Yeah. But Asante, he is a cagey veteran player. He knows how to win fouls. So that's something to look for. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be a really fascinating mashup. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I think Jason Johnson, coming back to, to Jason Johnson, I think he's he's probably going to get picked up either by uh, Ish, or, although Joe May likes to, as I mentioned earlier, head up field. So more likely he'll get picked up by one of the centre-backs. Um, I whichever one he gets paired up with, whether it's Chris Reeves or whether it's Jamal Jack, uh, say a prayer for him because those, those are some big boys and it's no holds barred. They, they're, <laughs> yeah, they, um, they're, t- they're tough guys. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting matchups, I think. For sure. What now, else the got? other question, well, the other question I had for you as well, and I, I guess I already rolled my other question and was like, I was going to ask who your talismanic player was and we've already talked to him about Sante and it sounds like um, you know, no one player is going to be carrying this team on the shoulders this year but it sounds like a significant amount of your, your hopes will be lying with him. I'm curious, you, the two games you played so far, obviously you played against San Antonio, what were your thoughts on San Antonio and the way you guys matched up against them? Obviously the game ended in a 3-3 draw. What were your thoughts on that game and on the opposition that day? I thought they were fired up for for a season opener, for a home opener. Mm. It was Billy Forbes against this old team. I think they were super fired up. They had a pretty good preseason where they beat FC Dallas in one of their friendlies. So I think you saw their best effort of the season by a pretty wide margin against us. Quite mm. frankly, they could have scored five or six in that match. We were extremely lucky to draw that 3-3. If you look at expected goals, I don't have the number in front of me but expected goals probably would have said something like four to two they should have won so and that's crazy because we had an own goal that put them ahead three two but that created so many chances carl had to come up with a couple huge saves including one on billy forbes that kept the game at three two ended up earning him usl save of the week and then we got the late draw so i think mm. when they're up for it they're a dangerous team billy forbes is back on his preferred right side of the field last year he had to play on on the left a lot because of Asante owning that right side of the pitch. So he's going to be better for them. But um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know why they uh, don't always bring that A game um, as evidenced by their last two weeks. It's it's reminiscent of last year where they could beat us, where they could beat a Real Monarchs, and then they could lose to RGV or lose to Tulsa. 
Um, mm. So it's just, it's inconsistent from them. One other thing, though, and I know you want to talk about San Antonio a bit, but I just want to add, our defense has been super vulnerable. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious when you see three goals conceded these first two matches, but, but I want to stress this point because we've been giving opposing attackers too much time to set up shots. We've been kind of backing up a little bit when other sides are counterattacking. Giving, I was about to ask you about that. Right, yeah. giving runners too much space in the box, and it's something mm-hmm. that can be exploited. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Colorado Springs has the same dynamic speed that San Antonio and New Mexico have to exploit it to the fullest, but it's something that can be exploited. Um, it's it's yeah, definitely... I, I, I was, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, because New Mexico United are kind of my unofficial second favorite team now. Uh, they have Vaughn Freighter, who I love. They have Josh Suggs, who's, again, a fantastic guy and a phenomenal footballer, who now skippers that team, obviously returning to his native New Mexico. And so I have been paying close attention to them. And it's interesting, they set up not dissimilarly to the switchbacks, both in terms of shape, but also in terms of how they attack the game. Um, particularly, I saw particular parallels between their performances so far this season and the switchbacks opener against LA Galaxy. Um so, yeah, it was interesting you mentioned that because I'm thinking about Saeed Robinson. I'm thinking about Shane Malcolm, two incredibly mobile players who like to run at guys, uh, take on uh, their, their marker. And if you're going to back up and give them the space to do it, particularly in the case of Shane, uh, excuse me, Saeed Robinson, who you might remember back in the last season, was just scoring worldy after worldy because defenders were backing up and letting him have sight of the goal from just outside the box. And that was all she wrote. So, yeah, it's going to be curious to see how, if and how, Phoenix defense adapts to counter the way the switchbacks may come at them, having experienced what I think will be a, a something similar against New Mexico United. I, I think it won't be as bad this week. I think Peter Ramage and Rick Schantz are going to get the guys set up so that they're being more compact defensively. Um, and so that they're limiting these opportunities because it's something that's going to burn the defender's eyes to have to watch that film, to have to see the five yards of space that Santi Moore was getting on both of his goals, to see mm-hmm. the five to ten yards of space that Kavon Freider had on his goal last week. Yay! Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid hey, man, another thing. I, I know you're riding the New, New Mexico fan bus, but... I feel like you're going to be singing a different tune after you have to play them because they are a very hard-nosed team. Um, That's I imagine great. it's going to be exactly. a bitterly contested match. And yeah, might... and they have, they, have, they have some of the best uniforms in the uh, West as well. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they went red and yellow, but it's still it's a good look. <laughs> um, so should we get to match predictions? Let's do it. All right. Um, you're the guest go first how do you see this one playing out well i think judging by what the switchbacks did in la and then judging by what they've subsequently done at home in colorado springs in the last two games it looks like they're able to play with more freedom and more fluidity on the road the teams that we've seen at fortress san creek this season san antonio and sac rep definitely set up shop to sit deep and dare the switchbacks to break them down. In the case of Sac Rep, didn't do it quite so well. Obviously ended up losing that game. Should have won it. It's gone now. San Antonio, finally able to break through with five minutes to go. 
But on the road, I, I think I think the onus is on the home team to come out and try and create, which I think is going to leave spaces for Jordan Burr and Ish Joam at the wings and Side Robinson and Shane Malcolm. And of course, Cesar Romero as well, hopefully coming off the bench and working his magic again. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to suggest uh, a switchbacks victory. And I'm going to suggest a switchbacks victory by a score of three to two. Three to two. I will. I, I don't know if you want to do a beer bet or something. I really, really do not see us conceding three goals to Colorado Springs. And, and I'm not even going to say that we'll win necessarily, but there is no way in hell that we're allowing three goals again. <laughs> you always make it sound like you're going to be in the back nine, Dom. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I just don't think it'll be tolerated. I mean, Rick Schantz is a fiery dude. Peter Ramage is a fiery dude. I'm sure that they lit up into their guys after that last performance against New Mexico. We had two weeks off. We have two weeks to prepare for this match. I just can't can't see us conceding three goals again. Now that's not are to you, say. Are you just going to be up? Are you going to be up on my prediction, or are you going to make your own? What's going on here? I I <laughs> do think Colorado Springs is a tricky matchup for us. You guys have played us tough, as you mentioned earlier. Even though we've won four straight, I would say two or three of those could have easily been draws, and um, mm-hmm. I think three of those were one goal victories. The what? only exception being that four nil last year, where even that one was nil nil in the last thirty minutes. Um, so it's, I think if we score first, we can kind of get like a two, one or a two nil, but we haven't scored first yet this season. So I think it's going to end up being a one, one draw. I think you guys will take advantage of an opportunity. I think we'll battle back on a Jason Johnson goal. And, uh, I, I hate to say it because rising fans will be on me for this, but I do see this one being another draw. Um, things haven't quite clicked yet. And I think it's going to be crucial that Junior Flemings and Kavon Lambert won't be in our starting 11 because of their national team service. That's a humongous break for you guys. And because of that, I think you guys can eke out a 1-1. Maybe Rawls makes a couple big saves to keep it 1-1. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who actually does play in goal for the switchbacks this weekend because nothing's come out of the camp yet in regards to that. I'm imagining it probably will be Rawls. But I also know that uh, Sayus, I think Sayus is fit or just about. So... It'll be interesting to see which which uh, keeper coach goes with. And man, you must have a splinters in your butt. I mean, talk about sitting on the fence. A 1-1 for a home game. Dom, good grief. Well, we've had two draws to start this season. <laughs> so I think our defense improves, but you guys really have a tough defense of your own. You've only conceded two in three matches. I was, mm-hmm. I was torn between a 2-1 win and a 1-1 draw. So I'm going to be honest here. This is the hot analysis that every everyone comes for i flipped a coin thinking tails never <laughs> fails it ended up heads so one one draw okay all right one one draw and i'm going three two switchbacks either way i think we're in for a good game i think these are two really good teams uh, i don't think either of them actually have hit their groove yet i appreciate all the nice things you had to say about the switchbacks but like i said i don't think uh the fact that we've gelled so quickly is impressive but i still feel there's more to come from this team so it's going to be a fun game but seriously we got to do a beer bet or something. If you guys manage to score three goals against us this week, I just, I can't see that happening. I can't hang a beer bet off of off of me saying they're going to score three goals. That's just cheap, Dom. Well, maybe I mean, I either you have three, to go for maybe win. I give you three if you guys score. Three. <laughs> 
Uh, I think I think I still might be wait, waiting for some enchiladas from somebody. It wasn't you. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was the Toros guys. I don't know. Somebody still owes me a meal. But uh, let's hope for a good game at least. I would expect nothing less. And uh, it'll be an exciting start to the Four Corners Cup for you guys. It will, yeah. Of course, you've already got that draw. You've already, you and New Mexico have already contested that first game. But yeah, this will be our first instance. All that right. will be exciting. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I think I'll let you go. All right. Good visit with you, my friend. Take care.